Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey! Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane Shane and Ice Cream Chef Nelly back with us again. Uh, we're gonna talk 2024 running backs. But first, we had so much fun doing a draft that we're, I'm gonna spring a draft on these fellas that they don't know what's coming. So we we have a fun one. We are going to draft best states. Now, it can be by whatever qualification you want them to be. Uh, but we're just going to draft best states and see what happens. All right. All right. U.S. states. Here we go. Here yeah, we go. pretty broad category. Pretty broad category. Lots of options here. This reminds me of our month's draft. Very contentious. Yeah, there's there's 50 of these bad boys. There are only 12 yeah. of them. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of options here. Yeah. Now i got to pull up a list of states so I remember all 50. <laughs> uh, uh, oh well, Nelly, you had the 102 in the last one. You want to you wanna give her the 101 shot here? Oh, boy. I don't have a clear 101 in mind, which is problematic. Um, all right. I'll go with I'll go with California 101. Uh, the weather is perfect. The beaches are perfect. There's a reason why uh, there are, there are knocks on California, right? The state income tax is extremely high. The reason why it's high is because that's where people want to live if they can, right? Like it's it's expensive to live there because it's such a such a fantastic state. I mean, it's like literally West Coast state of mind. It's that you have LA, you have San Francisco, you have cool cities, but you also have mountains and national parks. You have the Redwoods. Uh, California is uh, the best state in the country. Shane, you want the second pick here? Um, you can take it. That's fine if you want it. I don't really want it. Okay, I'll, I'll take it then. That's fine. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Hawaii, I think, for two. Uh, once again, <laughs> Pretty pretty expensive. That's the downside. But you, you literally have an island of great weather uh, and you know fantastic beaches, food, everything under the sun. A lot of cultural history. I, I think I think Hawaii, both from a tourist perspective, but also like living there perspective, and for people that grew up there, have history there, I think is awesome. So I'll take Hawaii one or two. Uh, 103 for me, I'm going to take Colorado. Like, Colorado's just cool, right? Uh, it's a fun place to be. I've been to Colorado many times. I enjoy it every time. Uh, if you're into recreations, um, any type of recreations, they have it all. Um, whether you like skiing, you like outdoors, you like the mountains, you like weed, you like any of that, right? Colorado's got it. Um, so, like, I just think it's a really, really fun place to visit. So I'll take Colorado here. Um 
Now, at the yeah. second pick, that's where things kind of get tough. I think Colorado was the easy one. Um, oof. Um, I'm going to take Alaska. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> no, I, like, I, like, I want to hear it. I, I think there's, there's an argument to be made. Um, so this is a list of places I want to go. <laughs> is what that I've decided. And like, <laughs> no, it was just best states. And these are the best states I want to go to. Um, so to me, like, I think Alaska's cool. Like, I think if you like nature, if you like fishing, um, obviously like weather, huge downside. I get that. Um, but like for a vacation, I think it's a pretty cool spot. Uh, do a lot of salmon fishing up there, things like that. So, um, I like Alaska. Not many people will like Alaska. Clearly Nellie doesn't want want to go to Alaska. I get that. Uh, but I think Alaska is a pretty cool state. No, I, I think it is actually. There's, it's interesting. I think the perception of Alaska is worse than Alaska. Um, 202, I, I, I don't know if it's controversial, but I, I'm going to go with New York. I, I think if you, I love, I, you know, I love Broadway. I'm a musical theater guy. So like going to, if I could just go to New York, New York every time I would, I, I love the city. I'm a big fan of that, but you also have, you know, upstate New York, you have a little more, I wouldn't call it rural, but, you know, you have suburban, you have some places that are a little more isolated. I think as a state, it's fairly diverse, uh, once again, expensive, but I think a lot of these early states are going to be, um, actually, I think every one that we've drafted so far is on that range, right? And Alaska is pretty expensive, too. Is it? Uh, yeah, no. Okay. yeah, so far away, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, but you know, but I think, uh, yeah, I think New York's a pretty pretty solid choice in the second. Yeah, I would have taken New York on the turn. Um, all right, uh, two hundred three. I'll go North Carolina, which I think is underrated. Um, North Carolina's got everything, right? You've got the city right in the middle of Charlotte. You've got a ton of great beaches on the East Coast, and a beach city in Wilmington. You've got the mountains out in the West. You can go skiing. Um, and you've got some plains and some suburbs and everything in the middle of the state. North Carolina, supremely underrated, uh, so a little bit cheaper than, than the other states that we've talked about. So if you're factoring that into your value here, which I think you should, uh, it's great value for money. Um, let's see. Uh, I got to go with the big one. I think I'm going to go uh, Texas. Um, Austin is sweet. Austin's exploding, and, and rightly so. Um, you've got a couple other bigger cities. Dallas has, has its own little culture. Houston, um, and obviously there are little cities kind of littered all over the place. No state income tax. Um, the winters are, are nice until you get an inch of snow and the whole state shuts down for a week. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Texas is it's huge. You, even, you have some beaches on the southeastern coast along the Gulf of Mexico. You've got Galveston. Um, a little bit of everything. That's a good pick. I mean, I'm definitely going to consider Texas here. I think there's a couple good ones. I feel like Kane's going to take some of them. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with my heart here. I'm going to take Oregon at the 302. I think it's uh, you know, it's just north enough. 
that there's some nice temperature pockets, still gets a little bit cold, a lot of outdoor activities, and also pretty open state similar to Colorado. I think it's kind of Colorado light. So I'll, I'll take the value at the, in the third round. Uh, I'm assuming you're thinking about Washington, Shane, and I'm going to take Washington. Like, <laughs> Washington's just cool as shit. Like, it's a fun place. Uh, yeah, it rains, but, like, would you rather have rain or would you rather have it to be 148 degrees in Texas with Nelly? Like, right, I guess I'd rather have rain, but uh, that's just me. Um, so I'm going to take Washington here. Um, now... I'm going to get some pushback. I, I might get more pushback from Nelly on this pick than Alaska. Wow. Uh, but that's okay. I'm going to follow my heart. I'm going to follow the place uh, where I know that there is maple syrup. Uh, take me to Vermont, baby. <laughs> wow, Vermont. <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> I think state. Vermont's kind of cool. Vermont's very cool. Vermont's cool, man. Like, Like, Vermont is like... Yeah, it's. I think Vermont's kind of more hidden in like the northeast of the country, right? Like, I think Vermont uh, has just a great quality of life. They have a great environment out there. They got great maple syrup. That's super important. Um, and I think a lot of people enjoy being in Vermont. Like, you don't hear a lot of people bashing Vermont. You know what I mean? Like, no one's coming out anti-Vermont. Uh, and I, th- I think that's big. Yeah, I don't know if it's. I mean, I lo- obviously have a soft spot in my heart for Vermont. I went to school at UVM. Uh, I don't know if it's the best New England school or best New England state. <laughs> Maybe it is the best school is. in New England. There's only w- there's only one other good New England state, and that's going to come back to me. So that's fair. I probably will. <laughs> I'm not taking one. So, um, how many rounds are we doing? I think five. we do five. Okay, so two two picks left. Um, Are you going to take Thixylvania? I'm not. I, I'm going to take Kane. I think it's the state that you like a lot. I'm going to take Tennessee. You can take Minnesota. Uh, no, I'm going to take Tennessee. I think Tennessee is situated really well in the middle of the country. Uh, I'm not like I, like I said. Uh, I think in our second podcast we were talking about. Barbecue, Nashville barbecue. I'm not a big country music guy, but I understand the allure there. Yeehaw. And I think there's a lot. I want to I go to Dollywood. You know, I think there's some some cool things in Tennessee. Uh, if you like nightlife, if you like more kind of country feel, um, I think it's a little unique in this draft. So I'll take that. Yeah, I thought about Tennessee. Um, all right. Give me Florida for all the grief that it gets. Like, obviously, lots of Florida memes, but, like, Florida is, like, it it is paradise to a certain extent. I mean, like, you have so many cities around there. You've got Miami, which is crazy. You've got Orlando and everything that comes along with Orlando. You've got the sports scenes. You've got the good weather. You've got the beaches. I mean, like, Florida, obviously, is – like it didn't go in the first few rounds and I get that, but here in the fourth round, like there's no place you'd rather live than Florida. Um, there's about 40 other states. <laughs> I'd live in Florida. I was like, God, don't, don't make that statement in a good spot. You uh, you sure. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. You, you yeah. picked, you picked Colorado as your first round pick. Yeah. 
Okay, are you bashing Colorado right now? <laughs> it would have been a great pick in the third round. It's not a first-round pick. Oh, my God. Go out to Colorado once, you goofball. I'd rather not. Um, Look at right. Estes Park. Tell me you don't want to go to Colorado. Estes Park. <laughs> You're just going to name one random park in Colorado. Um, well, this is a state one. draft, not a park draft. Uh, well, it's a town, you idiot. <laughs> uh, give me Maine. Maine's the superior uh, New England state because it's on the coast. You've got all the coast um, cities. You've got Portland. You've got Banger. You've got Bar Harbor. You've got, I mean, like, you've got a ton of beautiful this areas isn't a town's there. Graph. <laughs> you guys are nuts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but there are towns in states that are main features of states. And you've got lots of beautiful yeah, forests. Park and is the town, by the way. Maine is Maine is superior because it has everything that Vermont does, but it has more. And I love Vermont. That's not a knock on Vermont. It's just Maine. More. Okay, sure, fine. Might as well just draft like Nebraska then. Hey, no tipping picks. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska could be coming. We don't. We don't want to give it away. Up and coming. Uh, All right. Yeah, and, and, I, and I won the draft, so you guys can pick whoever you want for your last okay. week. <laughs> That's what you said about last week. I won both drafts we did last week, so well, I don't want to uh, hear it. You bought uh, <laughs> um, Man, this is tough. I, I feel like I'm kind of out, out of states here. Like, don't take my state. I got one. I, 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 don't, I don't think I am. I don't think I'm coming close to taking your state. So, you know what? I'm taking Vegas, baby. Give me Nevada. Give me Vegas. Let's, I think it gives you a different, a different approach to uh, life there. But if you've been to Vegas, it's worth, it's worth everything. Other than the heat, I like it. That's why it's fifth-round pick. What about the rest of the state, Shane? What, name look, one redeeming quality of the rest look, of the state. Look, I, I, Reno is a nice city. Um, is it? Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a nice kind of mid-level city. That uh, you know, you got a lot of, you know, you got a lot of outdoors, desert uh, activities. I think it's pretty good. I think I think Nevada. You, you get Vegas. I'm in. Uh, my last pick, pretty easy. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota. Now, <laughs> yeah. I shit on Minnesota a lot because I live here, um, but. I think if you come to Minnesota like spring through fall, like Minnesota's one of the most beautiful states you're you're probably ever gonna go to, right? You go up to Lake Superior, um, go up to Duluth. It's absolutely gorgeous up there. Um, tons of trees and parks and rivers and lakes all over the state. Like I think Minnesota's really great if you just take out the the five month winter that Minnesota gets. Like if you just take that out, like it's a really good state. Um, I'm going to take Minnesota here, and also because I know a lot of people that are going to be voting on this poll uh, <laughs> are from Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, fifty like percent of the fantasy football community is from Minnesota. I don't know. You guys breed differently and, up there. And yes, uh, Minnesota people <laughs> love Minnesota. Yeah, I yeah. guess that's fair. Uh, combined, compared to two of the three people on this podcast are Pennsylvania folk and. It went undrafted. Yeah, well, I mean, look, I love Pittsburgh. I've, I love I've Philly, been there. I don't, I don't want the rest of the state. 
I don't want the rest. Eh, it's, probably, it's, the, it's the most populous state that went undrafted. Really? That's interesting. I would think so. Interesting. Eh? Uh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. I guess that makes sense. 13 million. Like, it's, it's, if, sorry, if New Jersey didn't like exist. Oh, New Jersey's terrible. But like, if you combine the positive qualities of Pennsylvania and New Jersey, it'd be a top, like a top two round pick, because you get the coast. Pennsylvania doesn't have any coast. I think Steel would be a top pick. Yeah, that's fair. I think we underrated the Mid Atlantic in this draft. Virginia is a good state. I should have. Virginia is a good Virginia. state. Uh, yeah, it's it's fair. I think it's they're kind of in a weird weird place right now, but. And Maryland. Um, I, I thought about Maryland. I do like Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania was the most. Illinois, Ohio, Georgia, the next three most populous not drafted. Yeah, and uh, just a bunch of hits down south, let me tell you. Um, all the undrafteds. Oh, my uh, God. Alabama, yeah. Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, I consider Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. No, I consider Louisiana. Too, but not, not the rest. To those like and ohio is the worst North carolina state. got drafted yeah, ohio's not good ohio is ohio is hands down the worst state i don't that's under it's, i don't know i've been to indiana. No. yeah ohio i've been to worst. indiana i mean no no offense and, to but King, we're forgetting that wisconsin you. exists wisconsin is great no offense to came but i'll take i'll take ohio over the dakotas to be fair so would I. They should be one state. <laughs> look, look. I mean, one time North Dakota tried to uh, try to get their name changed to just Dakota. They want to take North out of it. I don't blame them. Yeah, they they thought people didn't go there because they had North in the name. All right. So if no, you listen to the draft, go there because it's terrible. <laughs> If you listen to this draft, go vote on on Twitter. Um, I'll tweet this out. It'll be retweeted by all three of us and and the Debbie Marketplace account. Vote on who on who you thought win, and and please reply in the comments why you thought it was me. <laughs> see, Nelly, that never stacking the vote for himself, you know. And, see, uh, like, I I will tell you, I probably lost this draft, but boy, did I go with my heart. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I Minnesota might places- get you some votes. I want with places I want to go. Colorado's going to get a ton of votes. Like Colorado's great. Yeah, yeah. I I think Nelly will win. I I I think it'll be close. Because he has Cali. I think Cali. I think people like Texas and Florida enough that he'll do well. Well, do you know who really likes Texas? People in Texas. It's true. There's a lot of them. So. Yeah. Um, you want to uh, recap that draft for us, Shane? Sure. Yeah, I can read off the teams. Nelly, uh, Nelly's team, California, North Carolina, Texas, Florida, and Maine. My team is Hawaii, New York, Oregon, Tennessee, and Nevada. And Kane's team is Colorado, Alaska, Washington, Vermont, and Minnesota. Yeah, I don't like anything below that line. You know what I mean? Nothing south of Colorado for me. Yeah, he took you, Alaska you, 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 in the second round. That's I don't, way north of that I, one. I don't, I'm not mad about it. 
I oh, you were saying you didn't like shift. anything south. Okay, sorry. I, yeah, I misunderstood what you were saying. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. those, those southern numbers, states Nelly. for Kane. Yeah, it I've been I've been south and I get warm quick. So I just don't do it anymore. Fair. You want to get to these I'm like a fat guys? person's dream states. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk running backs. Uh, so let's let's just dive in. I think we're going to hear a lot of talk where there's kind of two running backs that are at the top of this class, right? Um, one being Rocket Sanders or Raheem Sanders from Arkansas, and Trevion Henderson, the running back at the Ohio State University. Um, I think when we look at these two players, I think you're going to see pretty different players like I don't think there's a ton of similarities in the way that they play their game um, Shane when you kind of break these two down how do you separate the two of them I think Sanders has that ceiling you know being 6'2 210 having the speed and kind of the power element he has the upside and I think we saw that upside come out in his second year with some pretty dominant games I also think there's been some games where Rocket Sanders, you know, some of the smaller abilities of the running back position, I think are lost on him. He's not, he's not a vision back. He's not a, you know, manipulate the linebacker back. Like he, he, he hits the hole and he hits it hard and he hits it well. Uh, And so when you see some games where he struggles, I think that's a problem. I think Travion Henderson, we had the injury last year. I think he's really tough to evaluate, but when you watch him as a true freshman, um, you see the ability to kind of create his own uh, and, and be able to get away from the line, get outside, make some of those bigger plays. You know, I, I don't think he was a guy that made guys miss a, a ton, but um, it, it was able to hit the hole super quickly and explosively. So I think Sanders is going to be a little more dynamic. I think Henderson's more that big play home run threat that can catch the football and kind of do a little bit of everything. It's going to be interesting if Henderson's back up to snuff this year, how those two compete. Nelly, analytically looking at these two uh, running backs, do they separate themselves at all or do they just kind of check all the boxes and we just move on? Well, I I think it's tough because uh, Trevion missed this year, essentially, because of injury. So it's hard to compare them analytically uh, in that respect. I will say Raheem Sanders has a very good analytical profile. I mean, his yards per team play is is above expectation both years so far. He's also a good receiver out of the backfield, especially considering his size, nearly 10% uh, receiving yard market share. So that's solid. And I mean... As Shane mentioned, he kind of has the upside because of the size. He's at 6'2", 225. Uh, I do – I mean, Trevion Henderson's freshman season was really, really good. There was a reason why he was catapulted to the top of Debbie rankings afterwards. He was was great. Um, I mean, his freshman season was as good as Rocket Sanders' sophomore season. So they both have similar peak years at this point. Uh, Reception yard market share of 6% as as a freshman. So – they both have room to improve still. Um, so I think it is ultimately going to come down to year three, and they are different running backs. Uh, but what we've seen from both is promising. Now, oh, the next couple running backs, well, we'll just go with one this time because I don't think there's anyone that kind of plays football the same way that Braylon Allen plays, right? We kind of have this really big back, young back, 
um, extremely power centered. Um, and outside of Raheem Sanders, I don't think there's a lot of guys that kind of even get close to the kind of power that Braylon Allen plays with. So just real quick, Shane, uh, we know that that uh, Wisconsin is moving to a different scheme. Do you think that bodes well for Braylon Allen's draft stock? Or do you think there's there's definitely some trepidation here uh, for a player like Braylon Allen? I'm scared. I, I'm, I'm scared about it. I'm a little surprised. There were some rumors he might transfer after the change. I'm a little surprised he didn't because we're moving to more of a spread style passing that's what that offense is going to look like, not the typical Wisconsin offense. Now you bring in Braylon Allen, who flashed a little bit of receiving ability, but that's definitely not his game uh, at 235 pounds. I mean, he, he pounds you into the ground, and he's tough to bring down. I think there's a place for that in any offense, right? You're good, good running backs are good running back. But ultimately, how's he going to fit more of a you know inside zone scheme and having to make these sharper cuts that he's not had to do in some of the power gap? Uh, plays that Wisconsin ran last year, that's a question mark to me. Now, if he can excel in this offense, that he shows his range, that's great. If not, then then we have some fear of, uh, is he kind of just a two two yards in a cloud of dust kind of player? That's the fear with Braylon now. Nelly, numbers-wise with this guy, obviously we love how young he is, right? He's 19 years old right now. Um, analytically, what what does that mean for him? Um, well, I mean, age wise, it just means, I I mean, running backs have shelf lives, right? So if you're coming in at a younger age, it, it provides a ceiling for a longer career in concept. I I don't know how much it'll actually help in practice. Like, I don't think it'll get him necessarily drafted earlier. Um, so I don't think it matters that much, but it is a cool, it's always fun to remind people how young he is um my question with him is just the athleticism i don't think he has top tier athleticism um and he doesn't need to to be a good running back but you need to to be a great running back and i think that's kind of what distinguishes him from the top group is um his his top speed is lacking a little bit he's not catching the ball out of the backfield he's pretty one-dimensional it's just a big bruiser at this point our, our, our next two guys are, are kind of, um, as some people might call them, pretty electric playmakers. Um, Donovan Edwards out of Michigan, which I know, uh, Shane, that's his second favorite football team is Michigan. Um, and then we have uh, Will Shipley, the running back out of Clemson. Now, I, I think they're similar enough players uh, in the way that they play the game. Obviously, Donovan Edwards a little more kind of home run type uh running back but Shane there's been a complete change in the way that these running backs were viewed after their freshman season right like we've seen Will Shipley kind of really tank in value a lot of it due to the right the Clemson offense being not good uh and Donovan Edwards we've seen him kind of take those long runs and be uh, really electric so how are you kind of comparing running backs like this that, that are pretty close in rankings I think they are close, and it's just about taking which one you believe is going to profile better in the NFL, which one's going to do better 
I think one benefit Will Shipley does have is Clemson is changing the offense. They hired TCU's offensive coordinator. We saw Kendry Miller have success. Zach Evans the year before have success there. I think that bodes well for Shipley because he's a player you watch and you say this is an NFL player, but the production just doesn't come. The offensive line's not as good. Uh, but statistically, I mean, Will Shipley had had the job this year. He's had a ton of touchdowns. I think he profiles a day two type of pick with some good speed. Now, Donovan Edwards, we actually got to see when Blake Corum went down with the injury, just absolutely obliterate uh, Ohio State, absolutely obliterate TCU. I think there is some huge upside and home run ability. Plus, he's an excellent pass catcher. I think that's evident by the way that he plays. So there's some momentum there, but he does have Blake Corum coming back to Michigan uh, and going to be in the mix here. So I think that becomes a big question mark of which one of these guys is going to go higher. You know, is Blake Corm the better running back, even though he's smaller? Does he still get the starting carries and Donald Edwards has to stick around another year? I think the Michigan situation throws this in flux. Nelly, analytically looking at these two kind of really exciting players, I think, um, does anything separate these two or are they still pretty close together? Um, I would say the one thing that separates these two is Donovan Edwards is, is the superior receiver. He's the best receiving back in this class. Um, and it's not, it's not particularly close actually. Um, so that's what separates them. Um, I, I do have concerns with Blake Corum coming back. I don't, I mean, Blake Corum was a, a Heisman candidate this year. I think Donovan Edwards struggled with injury a little bit this year, leading to a heavier Blake Corum workload. That being said, I don't think it's going to change too much like i think they're not going to after donovan edwards late season um success i don't think they're going to just tuck him into a full-on backup role i think it'll be a 1a 1b situation but blake quorum is still going to be the main guy there which is worrying that being said chipley hasn't really shown the ability to dominate the clemson backfield either they've had a couple guys there that they use pretty consistently alongside chipley um and those guys are are probably just jags. They're not anything special. So the fact that Will Shipley hasn't fully kind of emerged as as the alpha running back there, like his predecessors did in years past, is is somewhat concerning. I, I do think these are nitpicking concerns. I think both these backs are good, um, but this is what kind of keeps them from being in in the higher tiers. I- you know, I'll push back on that a little bit because I think this year Will Shipley did. I mean, he had, what, 210 carries to Phil Maffa's 98. You know, I think Travis Etienne, his um, third year, uh, I think it was less of a split. Uh, I think he actually conceded more carries to running backs uh, to Lynn J. Dixon. So I think Shipley's, you know, accelerating at the pace that Clemson running backs accelerate at. I don't think it's too much different from what Travis Etienne did. We saw that final year for ETMB where he blew up. I'm hoping that's the case for Shipley. We'll see what happens. Now, Shane, is there any other running backs that like should be in this top five for you that, or that it's close that, that they're kind of right, right at that mark, or is there really just the top five and then a chasm? I think it's a pretty big chasm. I mean, I think people would say Blake Gorham from Michigan is there. I'm not as big a fan. I, I, obviously, he had a great season. As Nelly just said, Heisman contender. 
Um, he is sh- short. His BMI is going to be great. He's, you know, he's going to be coming at five, seven and a half and be 210 pounds. I, I think he might be a little bit too, um, too short and, and have, you know, not have kind of the NFL starting running back ability that like he has in college. So I'm a little bit lower on Blake Corum. And, and maybe the other guy that's kind of close is Mayan Williams from Ohio state who filled in for Travion Henderson very well. Another kind of stocky big back. He's going to come in probably five, eight and a half, 225 pounds, kind of a bowling ball in the middle has some athleticism there, but I, uh, to honestly, I don't think Corum and Williams are close. I think they're more likely to be day three picks than top 50 picks. Nelly, any kind of running backs that you feel like should be a little bit closer to this top five? No, I think there's a pretty clear tier there because I think those that top five kind of has ceiling that not many others can provide. Um there are certainly other guys in this class I really like. Uh, Trey Benson out of Florida State is a guy that we've talked about in the past on the podcast who who stands out in in a lot of uh, more advanced metrics with with broken tackles and and um, yards after contact. He's he's been very good there. Um, Devin Neal out of Kansas is another guy I like Montreal Johnson out of Florida. Um, I mean, there there are a myriad of of names that I think are worth mentioning for this class. It, there are a bunch of guys who could emerge with with uh, good seasons. I do want to let you know that in the same podcast, um, you have said myriad and I've said chasm, so uh, pretty good uptick on our vocab uh, from some other pods. So uh, doing pretty, yeah. pretty good. Um, that kind of came naturally. I don't know where that came from for me. It it just flows sometimes. A chasm hit, and then I then Shane said it too. Like he got in on the chasm talk, and like yeah, <laughs> this is a good word. There we go. Uh, so one running back that that I like quite a bit, and I'm excited to see what happens this next year. Um, is Jarquez Hunter running back at Auburn? Obviously, we've seen um, Tank Bigsby enter the NFL draft. Jarquez Hunter is a really solid player. Like he's a guy that. I, I don't know if he's ever going to, when we see 200 or so carries, is he going to perform at the same level, the same efficiency that we've kind of seen in some of these other games? Maybe not. Like, if you just look at what happened against Auburn, he goes 11 for 134 against Auburn. Like, he is an explosive running back. And I think if we're kind of looking at the guys that really see a rise up uh, um, through the NFL draft process, it's guys like Jarquez Hunter right? The super explosive guys that are going to run a really solid 40 that can catch well. He had 17 receptions just last year that he took for over 200 yards. Like guys like that are kind of the guys that seem to be rising through the NFL draft process. Um, So I would just keep Jarquez Hunter on the radar. I I like him too. I do. This will be a good opportunity. I, I am worried about the 200 carries. You know, if he's really the main guy at Auburn, like, and he sees 200, 225-ish carries, I, I worry about seeing the same explosiveness that we've seen the past two years. Uh, but, hey, I think that's part of it, right? Like, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It worked out for Devin A. Chain, so we'll see if it works out for Jarquez Hunter as well. Uh, real quick, any other running backs that are even worth mentioning 
Um, just kind of, Shane, who's your one sleeper running back? Let's just say sleeper running back. That might even be way down on your list um, that you like that that could uh, kind of rise up the, the boards here. I'll give a sleeper running back, and I feel like this might be a Debbie name from years past, and that's Ramon Davis. Um, running back, I think it was a Temple. Then he moved up to Vanderbilt, and now he's moving up to Kentucky. He apparently had dozen to two dozen transfer offers. He was highly sought after. So I think maybe the, the community's low on him. He's going to fill in for Chris Rodriguez there at Kentucky. It's going to be a run-first offense, but an offensive line that should really improve and has at least one top player on it. So I think he's a name to watch for, you know, in, in deep Debbie leagues that you can draft or uh, might be even be a C2C name. Uh, I think Ramon Davis might make some noise as an older back in this class. Nelly, who's a sleeper for you that, uh, that you really like? Uh, I'm having trouble deciding between two, so I'm just going to give you two. My, my favorite of the small, undersized running backs is Bucky Irving out of Oregon. Um, incredibly efficient, very explosive. Had a good freshman year at Minnesota before transferring to uh, Oregon this past year as well. Um, I, I think he's in for another big year there. Um, I, I would take him probably over Charquez Hunter. I think he, they see similar workload, but I think Irving's the better athlete. Um, and my other back is Alton McCaskill out of Houston. I think he's kind of been the forgotten guy in this class, but he, he had a very good freshman season. Um, Tours ACL early in camp, so he should be 100% this year, uh, assuming recovery goes well. I don't think anyone in Houston last year showed anything that would make me think that he's not going to come back and reclaim this job. And Houston's, Houston's playing in the Big 12 this year, better competition, but not that much better. I think he could, he could have a big year. He's, he's a big guy. He was a decent recruit. I think he, he, could, he could rise up rankings again with a big season. Uh, so I, I have two Devi names, right? So a long time ago when we were drafting these guys in Devi, um, we thought there's going to be maybe a higher ceiling, especially since they both went to Alabama. Um, first one, Jason McClellan. I think there's a great chance that Jason McClellan kind of becomes one of the more lead running backs at Alabama. Um, they saw him still get work even with... Uh, uh, Jameer Gibbs. So I think there's a great chance that uh, he continues to kind of expand on that role. That's the hope, right? Um, the other guy, I don't think TCU has a lot of uh, great running back options this next year. And I'm going to continue holding out hope for Trey Sanders. Like, uh, Trey Sanders has been hit with so many injuries that I just want to see him do well. Um, between him breaking his ankle or his foot, then the car crash, like all these things have kind of stopped Trey Sanders from, from really being a stud. But like he was the RB1 in his class coming out of high school. Like that's something we have to remember. He's super, super talented player. Um, injuries just didn't let him see the field. About six foot, about 215. Um, TCU needs a running back and they chose Trey Sanders. So I'm hoping that uh, that things work out for him. Any thoughts on either of those guys? Yeah, I I agree with you on Chase. I mean, starting Alabama running back, I always want a piece of. So if he's he's the starter, it seems like he will be. It's probably a good spot to be in. Nelly, you're the TCU stan. Are we uh, pro Trey Sanders? No. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I think he's cooked. I hope it works out for him. I, I always root for these. He high, really got high, started. 
I hope for these high profile players to kind of have success stories in the end, but um, I don't think he's ever looked the same after the car crash. No, and I don't disagree with you, but I'm going to continue holding out hope for Trey Sanders. Like, I just want him to be good. Like, is it worth ever trading for him? Nah, but like, I, I want him to, to be good. Um, so I'm going to keep, keep rooting for him. Um, Shane, you want to teach us something before we do our buys and sells? I will. We we are in February, so it is Black History Month, and I I, I was like, man, I, you know, I wonder how that started. I I don't, didn't know, not know that story. So uh, Carter G. Woodson is the creator of Black History Month. He's actually the second black man to graduate from Harvard with a PhD, and the only person in American history whose parents had been enslaved to earn a PhD, which is uh, an interesting factoid. But he was kind of devoted to studying. Black history, recording it, showing contributions that were swept under the rug. And so in 1926, he created Black History Week. And the it, it was the second week of February because that coincided with both Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass's birthday. So that's why Black History Month is in February. Um, he discussed that it really should just be History Week, right? This is um, because he wanted Black history just to be integrated with history so many contributors, inventors, uh, people in the past, even before America uh, existed, that he thought really should be highlighted. In 1970, it was expanded to Black History Month. It's been official in the United States since 1976. So if you're wanting the history of why February is Black History Month, that's why. Neat. Uh, Nelly, you want to kick off those buys and sells? Yeah, sure. I'm going to stick with the 2024 running back class. I think that's fun to do. Um, I'll start off with myself because I think that's most obvious. A certain name I think people will be surprised we didn't mention is Kendall Milton out of Georgia. Um, I think he's cooked. I think those younger backs are probably going to um, – so, uh, if they aren't given the job right away, they'll earn it from him. Branson Robinson's better. Andrew Paul's probably better. Roderick Robinson's also probably better. Kendall Milton's I, like uh, day three ceiling. He's probably a UDFA in the future. Um, I don't know. He's just a power back one dimensional. Um, I will buy uh, somewhat probably not on Devi radars at this point. If he is very deep, I think he should be. Is, is Roman Hemby out of Maryland? Um, had had a very good second year, and that Maryland offense is is sneakily pretty good, despite playing in the Big Ten. Uh, they lost a bunch of wide receivers this year, so I think they could lean on the run a little bit more. Uh, and I think I think he could improve on already a good year there. And he he's a big back, um, so um, yeah, I like Roman Hemby. My unknown is the Notre da- Notre Dame running back room. Uh, I like Logan Diggs. Audric Estime is, I don't know if I said that correctly, but he's, he's there. He, he's a big, he's huge. Uh, they like using him on the goal line. They have Chris Tyree there, who's who's a good scat back. I don't know if any of these guys have pro potential. They have, uh, they brought in a guy last year. I can't think of it. Jadarian Price, I think his name was, who, who was also looking very good before he popped his Achilles. And they just brought in, I think, the fifth ranked running back in this incoming class. So very, very crowded. I don't know if any of these guys have pro potential. They could just be kind of uh, leeching off each other. I like Diggs the most there, but I, I don't know if I feel any conviction about that. I don't I don't know what to do with that room, especially with a new offensive coordinator and and Sam Hartman coming in. 
Shane, how about you? I, I'll, I'll echo Nelly's sentiments. I love Roman Hemby from Maryland. I, I do think he's a name the draft in the last round of your Debbie drafts. Um, my buy is the freshman quarterbacks. I'm usually not a big freshman guy of incoming freshmen, but um, look, looking at my rankings, looking at you know DLF like Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning are ranked in people's 50s and 60s, and I have them like 12 and 13. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm really high on these uh, freshman quarterbacks. And even the, ne- the next year, like the five-star guys, Nico in Tennessee, Dante Moore. Um, I, I think when you're in Debbie startups, I'd be looking round two, round three to draft some of these freshman quarterbacks. I think I'd trade a, a Derek Carr or Geno Smith for a shot at Malachi Nelson going to USC and Arch Manning going to Texas. Didn't think I'd ever say that, but there we go. And uh, big sell for me. We've, we've talked about on the show, I think plenty, but it's Mario Williams, the receiver for USC. I, I just, I, I don't see it. Um, I haven't seen it since that freshman season. I think Dorian Singer is going to pass him at USC. A lot of people, uh, once again, at DLF have him ranked in the 20s. He's in the 60s for me in Debbie rankings. I trade him for like a Chase Claypool type of receiver and take it upside shot. My unknown is J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. Not because I'm a Michigan hater, but I seem much lower on J.J. McCarthy than consensus. As people I respect that really like him, think he has a big pro potential, maybe first round potential. And um, despite, you know, tearing up my Buckeyes with some cover zero passes, I, I just, I don't see the tool set for JJ McCarthy, but it, maybe, maybe I'm off. I don't know. Maybe I should reevaluate that. Uh, my buy, we're going to go NFL here with these three, but I am buying uh, DK Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf is, just perpetually underrated. I would rather have uh, DK Metcalf than the 104, 105, the 106, the 106. Like any of those spots, I'd rather have DK Metcalf than any of those players there after the first three. Um, my sell is T. Higgins. I think he's just at the point where there's um, too many uh, wide receivers around him that are going to either outproduce him or continue to hold value better than he is. Um, and then my unknown stock is Alec Pierce, the wide receiver at, at uh, Indianapolis. I like, is it worth re-rolling on him? You, you got him for a third. Do you trade him for a, th- do you trade? Like, would you rather have the third or Alec Pierce? I don't know. I think it's close-ish. Like, is Alec Pierce really going to be the number two guy? Like, it's hard knowing what they're going to do in Indianapolis, but um, he's currently my unknown stock. I five, the option. I usually just end up selling players rather than holding on to them. Um, but that's where I'm at right now. But that is it for us here at the Debbie marketplace. Just want to say thank you so much for listening. Uh, and we appreciate every single one of you.